right. Thank you so much for tuning in to Ingeniously Made Whole. I am W, where you know that everyone is fearfully and wonderfully made whole. Today we have a special guest with us, Mr. Jim Foster, who is amazing. He's a business coach. He's retired from the insurance industry. Um, he's a mentor. He's a speaker. And he just loves helping those with aspiring businesses, you know, have their business and get off the ground. So without further ado, I would love to introduce Mr. Foster and for him to tell us a little bit more about himself. Uh, well, thank you, Brittany. Thank you so much for having me here. It is absolutely a pleasure to be here. And um, the support and the opportunity of, you know, just with me and um, so what do you want to know about me? <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you get into like the business coaching? How did you realize that that was what, you know, you really wanted to do? Something that you're passionate about, helping people, you know, get their businesses started. Well, that's, that's a great question. And it, it, it's a story that goes a long way back, but I'll give you the abbreviated version. <laughs> I, um, just to, just to say, um, I actually grew up in Jamaica, um, my family, and um, I, was a, I grew up as a little country boy, um, and we were, we were poor, but um, we didn't know it, because our parents made sure that we had everything that we needed, and everyone in the community thought, oh, those, they are rich, and I get to go to college and all that sort of thing, you know, but um, it was a lot of sacrifice, and the, the, the goodness of our parents. Um, recognize the value in implanting in us values, important values that we needed to, um, to grow and build on. I did get a chance to go to college and um, I chose to do engineering, mechanical engineering. And um, when I got back, uh, that was in England, but when I got back home, um, I got a job, very nice job, good prospect, good future. But then months in, a couple of things happened, and I realized that being an employee, being on a job was not for me. First of all, I was very uncomfortable in the, in the, in the environment, you know, sitting in that box and all that, taking orders from people who, you know, and then I got passed over for a promotion, and that really hurt me, and, uh, and since while I was contemplating that, no, this is not what I want. Getting passed over for promotion taught me to make a commitment that I never want to be in a position here. My advancement, my future, my progress depends on whether I bought life here or not. And right about that time, I met a young man, about my same age, 21, and this guy was driving a brand new car, nicely dressed in suits and black like briefcase, and I watched him as he went into the manager's office and conducted his business. Who is that guy? Right. I don't know what he does. So I cut it down and I laid him and I peppered him with questions. I came away from that interchange with two things stuck in the back of my head. Number one, he was an entrepreneur. He worked for himself. So he got to uh, got to set his own schedule, you know, do everything for himself. And the second thing was that he wrote his own paper. Never had to go ask anybody for a raise because he got paid on permission. Right. And so he wrote his own patient. And those two things, I mean, I couldn't sleep that night when I went home. And later on, when I made my decision, I told my mother was to leave that time. 
I'm leaving that job. And of course, they protested, you know, you got a nice job and all of that. You know, back then it was much like today, go to school, get a job, and your life is set. But no, I wanted more. So I left and I headed for the big city of Kingston, and I had a vision of me actually walking down Main Street. I had my guys, not to get my suit and tie my thumbs and calling on merchants and conducting big singers. Well, guess what? <laughs> It didn't happen like that. <laughs> the, the first um, opportunity I had was in a story. And it was working in the project, you know, collecting it, I basically. But out of my work with those humble people, I developed a passion for helping those people that were less privileged. And that passion drove me so that I made changes in the contract I wanted to. And in five years, I was the number one life insurance system in Jamaica. And um, made a million dollar round table. And, you know, my life was good. It was really good. I got there. I had knowledge. But as you know, Britain, sometimes life has a way of throwing lemon curves your way. So you know what I'm talking about. And what happened was that in the late 70s, um, we had political upheaval in Jamaica. And I made the decision, especially for my two children at the time, that I was going to live. So, um, with all the restrictions, I ended up in America with $50 in my pocket to start life all over again. And that was, you know, that, that was a turning point for me. But having done it before, I figured I would do it again. And I did. So I eventually got back in insurance industry. It's an insurance company and, you know, restored my lifestyle. And um, actually, I sold the company eventually and decided to retire early. And my, my plan was to retire right off in the sunset so I was in the <laughs> But I take you back to life's way of being Okay. Right after that, and I lost everything. So, it was time to start all over again. But my advantage was that I had done it before, so it was easier. I didn't say it was easy. Right. But easier. It was easier. <laughs> yeah. And what you asked me, why did I get into coaching? Mm-hmm. Um, from I, when I was in my business, I, um, I had decided from then that when I retire, I was going to spend my time working with small business owners. And the reason that motivated that thought was the fact that I, was, I had contracting small business owners, you know, coming to me for insurance. And I, there were, many of them were in a hurry. They needed to get like this again. And my question was, why? What's the hurry? Because that is something you should procure ahead of time and a time in mind. Um, the answer was usually one of two. Well, you see, I am uh, I'm negotiating this contract and I need insurance and I don't have any. Or, I got the contract, completed the work, and I'm supposed to get paid. And they want me to bring my insurance, and I don't have any. Mm. 
they had a great idea. They had, they knew their craft, but building that craft on a business platform was a challenge. They did not know what to do. So I decided that is what I would do when I had, when I retired. And I started, got involved with the Chamber of Commerce, which I co-founded for the benefit of small businesses, home-based businesses, especially. And then I picked up my coaching career, got certified as a business coach, and that's what I've been doing ever since, and I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So tell us about, I know you're also an author. Tell us about your number one sale, your number one book. Well, the, the book, uh, that's another story. <laughs> but, uh, I have several books inside of me. And I have the, the one that is coming out um, in, in the summer is the Nuts and Bolts okay. of, of the Fiction. And uh, I put that together out of recognition for the need to have something that is simplified. Uh, a, a framework that provides a framework, a step-by-step framework mm-hmm. that uh, one can uh, simply apply and follow to start on your own business. And um, the, the other one that I have, is, is this one is in the making, and this should be out in the fall, and that is called the Book of Home-Based Business. Okay. It goes into the history of home-based business, how it got started back in the 1800s. And the kind of environment that prevailed at the time, mm-hmm. but then taking it forward into using the environment that we have today to create a business that will be effective for the person that of necessity needs to operate from home. Oh, I love that. So tell us about that process of becoming an author. Like, did you always dream of becoming an author, or is it kind of something that kind of fell into your lap, or you were like, you know what, so many people keep asking me about starting a business, let me just put in a book. Yeah, it is the thing that um, the thing that I've, I've always wanted to do was to be an entrepreneur. From the time that I had that taste of uh, working um, in a job and recognizing that that was not in my DNA. And then I, later on in, in one of the pieces that I was writing, uh, one, a blog that I was writing, um, uh, and, and I made the realization that, uh, you, know, you know, are you familiar with the thing that the kid does not fly far from the block? Yes, yes. <laughs> I said, oh, no wonder I got entrepreneurship in my DNA. Because when I thought about it, um, my father was a stonemason, and his father was a stonemason. Mm. And you know how in these small towns you have town center and you have a big clock right in the center of town? Yes. Well, my father and his father, they were the contractors on that town center in Kentucky, Jamaica. So I thought, wow! My father was an entrepreneur, and I thought about my mother, and she was a seamstress, she was a dressmaker, she was a stay-at-home mom, and she did everything right there. So it is no wonder that this entrepreneurship bug uh, is in me, and I couldn't find myself doing anything else. So, yeah, it, it is an entrepreneurship first that has always been with me. But then, as a natural follow-up, it is the 
Because I learned early to document your activity. And one better way to document it than putting it in a book. Right. And of course, you know, but always it all happens over time. Mm-hmm. It's a progressive development to where we are today. I love it. So what would you say keeps you going on your days that you just feel like, oh, I feel like quitting, you know? <laughs> going to go get a steady paycheck what is it that keeps you going to say you know what I'm meant for this I'm made for entrepreneurship and I know you said you know growing up your parents so you realize like hey it was already in my family dynamic but what is it that lifts you up on your workstage that makes you keep going and say you know what I might need to take a break for today but let me jump right back in the ring the next day well, that's a good question. Sometimes you, uh, sometimes that is the situation that comes up on you. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you really don't have the luxury of not responding to the invitation. So, you, uh, what, what I've done, uh, and uh, a, a part of me by nature is reading. I love reading. Um, but I remember that um, even when I was young, when all my friends, they were reading stuff like Hardest Boys and, you know, Roger Moore Saints and, you know, those that non-fiction, non-fiction, I was reading Think and Go Rich, mm. success system that never fails, Napoleon Hill, so those were the kind of material that I was devouring. And so, I learned very early that um, life is not going to be easy. There are going to be highs and lows. And what I learned was the importance of balancing so that your high uh, can be contained so you don't get that high. And when when it's low, the valley doesn't get that deep. So you tend to have an even key. And so I learned some of the things, for example, the things that will change that paradigm for you is, first of all, being conscious and aware of it. So, you know, when you're feeling high, then, hey, don't, don't celebrate, but don't celebrate too much. Because it's just changing a heart. So you kind of contain someone. That's right. Uh, when you're down, then don't allow yourself to go down. Nip it in the body. How do you do that? You do that, number one, is by who your associates, who your associates is, what is your circle. And you're able to connect with them. Give, give a friend a call, get into a conversation, go grab a book, change your paradigm, change your physiology. Do something different. Say, if you're sitting down, you're feeling bad. You're then, so, um, get a friend dad. Go find something to, to laugh about. Make those kind of changes in your physical self and then it follows through and eventually it will develop. And uh, can I say something about something? Go ahead, go ahead. We're talking about uh, people that you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. One of the things that my mother always lectured us for, there were four of us boys and one girl, but she always lectured us to remember that company boils the pirate's head. Mm -hmm. So watch your company and he wouldn't allow us to associate with those people that 
And I'm so glad you said that because I have more of an educational background, um, you know, as a counselor and a mental health therapist. And that's one thing that even when I was a teacher, I taught math for like, what, five or six years. And even as a math teacher and just finding those relationships and nourishing our students, you know, that was one thing really tells them, hey, you have to be mindful of who you hang around. Even as a counselor, I'm always telling them that. And I think one big disconnect with a lot of our youth today is like, hey, if I'm in the car with someone that chooses to go and do something bad, like they go and rob a store, rob the um, the teller, why would I get in trouble? I'm like, because you were associated with them. You were with them. We don't know if you planned it or not. But because you are with them, you are associated with them, you're going to get time just as well. And so I think it's hard for them to understand that it really does matter who you surround yourself by, who do you take up time with, you know. Um, you know, just so many situations. Like, I don't know if you watched the Mike Tyson, um, his, you know, show, but I mean, my goodness, you know, actually for him, going to jail saved his life, you know, but that's not always the story for lots of people. So. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but then, you know, the, the counterpart to that also, as a matter of fact, I remember those days, I wasn't, I, I had two friends, but I would never, if, if they were up to something, I wouldn't go with them. Mm. Whenever I, whenever I am in an environment where I don't have control of my actions, I don't want to be there. If I'm in that car and something goes down, and I can't get out, so mm-hmm. I never used to be for this cool and stuff like that. So I thank my parents for that. Yeah. But what ways that that translates today, uh, in in these kids and even myself, is. Uh, applying the same principle, you you won't, you heard the saying that if your four best or closest friends are four broke people, then you're gonna then be the next. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've been so big on. If you surround yourself by millionaires, you have to be the next. I'm like, I want to be in the room where the money is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had an opportunity to apply that principle. And I, and I look back in that context because after I um, after I lost everything in the recession, I found myself in a valid moment. And uh, I, I, I said to myself, I have to find a way out because I cannot go into the middle rest of my life in poverty. Yes, right. And so I, um, and, and that was the concept that was the concept that helped me because I took it to heart seriously that, well, if you're surrounded, if you're, if you're surrounded by five minutes, then the next, you know who the next one is going to be. So I made it a conscious effort to, to find people that is going someplace and make friends with them to be in their circle. And uh, I, I did that by then connect or reconnecting with some of the business groups, like the Chamber of Commerce, the Rotary, uh, you know, with professional people in those type of organizations and investing your time uh, being there so that you are in that company and out of that association that's where not only do you get to see how these people live and operate and why they are successful but you get to have that personal connection with them and you know that has worked for me uh, exceedingly well because when I look in the list of people that I've connected with, people 
jamafoster.com is that correct all right okay and then from there they can book their strategy session 30 minutes and then you do the diagnostic diagnostic (laughs) to see uh where they are and they can start working with you right all right you're right you're right especially i'm glad you said it because there's so much you don't know when you're starting a small business and you're just you know out here it's like you have a desire to be an entrepreneur but if you don't have anyone to look at in your family or outside of your family you want your close circle you don't know and it's like where do i start and so i think this is amazing um, regardless of how old you are um as you know imw serves the community by just Spreading positivity, uplifting our teens, our young adults, and parents, because we know parenting does not come with a manual. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yes, and even with your business, you know, helping you get your business off the ground and just realize that, you know, yes, you can, there's so many different options. You can go to college, you can develop a trade, you can do so many different things, start a business. And so that is one of the things that I even enjoy helping with, you know, is helping people find their path, find their purpose, find their direction. And so I'm so glad for you to be a guest today. Um, Guys, make sure y'all hit him up. Go to Mr. Foster's website, jimafoster.com. Book your discovery session with him. It is 30 minutes, so he can give you that diagnostic. And then go from there, right? Well, I want to apply it. <laughs> and you know why, Daddy? It, it, it comes out of fear. Mm-hmm. And a lack of confidence. 
Right. So I, I just tell people, look, there's never a dumb place. That's right. And do not be afraid. And the only way that's right and even if people get frustrated ask again because I've, I've learned that as you go up the ladder and you know just different things some people they will get frustrated when they're you know you're asking them questions and I'm like well I've learned to just keep making them questions because you're going to hear me you're going to see me I don't believe there is an Right. So, everything is father-centered. Yes. You might meet a person at a time when it's just not the right time. Right. So not the time. Mm. But when it is aligned, you cannot stop that, that flow and that interpretation. It all happens. Yes, yes. Awesome. <laughs> You're awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Foster. Um, before we end, is there are there any last words? Do you have a favorite quote or just anything you would like to leave for our audience today? Well, you know, yeah, yeah, I have a lot of things, <laughs> but the one that resonates with me more than things, because this is the one that I have relied on, winners never quit, winners never win, so you don't give up, you keep persist, persevere, push through, and it takes me back to the story of the Christmas from gold, which illustrates it to me the winning story. What happens when you quit to shoot? When you quit and keep you from going and losing out on all your effort. So never quit. As any fool says, if you think you can, or if you think you can, either way, you are right. That's right. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for visiting and being a guest on Ingeniously May Ho, IMW Podcast. And um, I just want everybody to remember to go to your website, jimafoster.com, book your discovery session, and Mr. Foster will be the one to speak with you and help you start your business from A to Z. Uh-huh.